Lovers quarrel. It's a long sustained quarrel. What's going on, world? Hey, everybody. It's your guy, TJ, Mr. New Cool. And it's your girl, Danny. your definitely defeated Dalmatian. And welcome to another episode of the show. As always, if this is your first time listening, welcome. If this is your second time listening, welcome back. And if this is your third and more time listening, then welcome to the family, or as TJ would call you, uh, you are a lover. You are a lover, family. How are you doing? I'm doing all right in yourself. I have definitely been better, but um, we can we'll probably touch on that later in the episode potentially. Um, but do you want to just jump right in? Sure, Danielle. Okay. So with that being said, we're gonna go ahead and get on our elevator. Uh, would you like to go first, or would you like me to go first? Um, well, I'm going down, so. Um, up and down, so we can start with you. Okay, so. Going um, down. I'm going down for two reasons. So, I fractured my tooth, and they had to remove my front tooth. So I'm toothless on the front, and I hate it. It's mm-hmm. the worst thing ever. Um, and we're all family, so I'm, I'm going to share with y'all, you know? When I work around in my office, my, my staff sees it, you know? Fuck it. They're going to have to just see me who I am. I have a retainer with a... False. False something there. Um, but, you know, uh, it's disappointing because, like, I can't take photos. I mean, I can, but I don't, you know what I mean? I don't want, I don't want y'all to see this, like, the straight hole in my mouth. Like, um... And you know, it just reminds me of how trash our healthcare, healthcare, dental is. care system yeah. is. Like, it is. I paid fifty one hundred dollars to remove two teeth and to have two implants. Fifty one hundred. Yeah, it's a really, really pretty penny. I could have went to fucking Columbia and got a, a whole, whole new, new set for under that. So, um, but you know, I- I'm blessed that I was able to get it because my tooth actually the gum wound up getting infected. Um, Due to the fracture, um, and you know, the, when I went there, they was like they weren't sure if they would be able to remove, like, do the implant and remove the tooth all in the same day. But because the implant is in my gum line, and the fracture, well, sorry, the implants, it's in it's in the gum, but is in the back into the bone mm-hmm. that wasn't infected. It was the front of my gum that got infected. Mm-hmm. So. Um, and then the other down is that me and Danny are now on the same page, and it's been hard. So yeah, we have yeah. not been rocking with each other. Um, I, I would say that I've been very agitated with the smallest things, and she's probably trying to trying her best not to have to deal with the wrath of TJ. So it's just been very awkward and everything else. So um, you know. Uh, this shall pass. I hope it shall pass, but it just has not been easy. It's been very hard and, uh, you know, typically maybe a day or two, but it's been feeling like weeks. So, Uh, yeah. Um, well, thank you for being so candid. Wouldn't be TJ, right? I'm going to leave you be. Um, sorry. Um, but, you know, I appreciate you being candid about your tooth because, I mean, it's been like that for, I mean, so the the, the other thing with your your oral situation is that, you know, when you have to have a tooth removed because of a fracture and get an implant, they, you know, if anyone hasn't, it hadn't 
known anyone with this experience and gone through it themselves. The thing about it is that they, the removal, you can do really quickly, but then before you can get the implant of the replacement tooth put in, you know, you have to allow your gum line and everything to heal. For three fucking months. Let's talk about that too. Because that's, so I, have, so I still have baby teeth. Yes, you do. Um, and yeah, it's very childish of me, but it's very much on par for who I am. Um, so on my right side, I got, uh, what is this shit called? I got a bridge. Yeah. And I got a bridge because it was like, yeah, we're going to have to take it out. You're going to have to wait three months and all this other shit. I'm like, fuck that. I'm not going to have a hole in my mouth for three months. Fuck this shit. Yeah. So I'm going to get this bridge. That was that one dentist. This And I hated this dentist. Uh, my line brother, Eric, best friend, Eric told me about this place and I've been going and I'm like, this shit is trash. So my sister told me about this new place, new doctors, fire. And he was like, you should get an implant. We can build it here. It's still going to be three months, but it's not going to be like, because with the other dentist, they was like, it's going to be like six to nine months. And I'm like, there's no way I'm fucking walking around with just missing teeth. Like, first of all, I don't know how people fucking do that. I don't know how people walk around with missing teeth in public and think it's just cool like it shit is just regular like, like but i think it's i think what you said though is like a testament to like the healthcare system right because everybody not i'm not saying everybody but i'm sure that there are some people who simply cannot afford it or they can only afford the removal and they can't afford to have the teeth the implant or whatever or they get accustomed to it or you know it, there's a, probably a lot of factors but i would imagine that like money or health care or dental care because dental and that's the thing too like our health every, most people's dental care isn't rolled into their health care packages so you might have like decent health care even if you do have insurance but your dental care isn't the best like that's that our even in our entire professional experience since we've had our insurances of our own our health care has always been pretty much on par but we've always had I think our squeaky wheels always been our dental care because of either like them not accepting our insurance or having to switch and all the other stuff like that. So I'm not saying that, of course, the people who walk around and just don't give a fuck, but there's also, I think I would be hard pressed to not think that there are some people out there who simply just cannot afford it and then have just grown to be accustomed to it. That may be true too. I'm, I'm not taking that away either, but I'm just saying, I don't know, like, I hate knowing that there's a hole in my mouth and I'm like, is someone like looking at it? Like, are they... Like, like, you know what I mean? I mean, some like, people, I mean, like, are they looking at me as they do it? And now it makes more sense. It was a girl I used to work with, and she was missing her her front tooth. So some days she'll have it, some days she didn't have it. And I'm like, what the fuck? So in my mind, I had all these type of conspiracies of what happened. Like maybe she's in an abusive relationship or whatever. Now that I'm older and I understand, maybe she just had a fucking implant and whatever. She was waiting to get it to heal. Yeah. But I think she had the fucking. Uh, like a flipper? Or like a flipper. Yeah. And even that, that shit's like three grand for a fucking fake tooth to hold you over. Yeah, it's This shit is fucking a farce. It's definitely highway robbery in a lot of ways. And I, I can understand. I mean, it was... So, I'm a proponent of... Sometimes you just got to stare at it and get it out your system. And then you won't... So now, like, you know, it's been a couple of weeks now since TJ's been missing his front tooth. And while it was very odd to see all of a sudden it was also like now I'm kind of like accustomed to it like it's not like it definitely isn't like jarring to see and um and you know what I something as a side note too I kind of want to say is like you know TJ got this because his tooth got fractured but it's not like he hit his mouth or he hit his face or he hit his face something or something and it broke like that but what we suspect is that um as like a little you know since we're on the medical tip is 
part sometimes a side effect of having weight loss surgery or bariatric surgery is that because of the calcium your ability to absorb nutrients um you know diminishes because your stomach's a lot smaller and that includes things like calcium and so on and so forth so essentially like your teeth get weak your it also happens in pregnancy so sometimes you know in pregnancy women will have looser teeth or sometimes their teeth fall out as well um and you know, just to kind of keep that in mind for those folks who have it. So, you know, it's my suspicion that it's like a connection of TJ, you know, we both had the bariatric surgery, bariatric surgery, TJ's had a, maybe like a, a calcium deficiency as a result of it. And then when he was simply like, you know, I don't know if he bit something or whatever, it caused his tooth to fracture. And then now here we are, but it's definitely odd and stuff like that, but it won't last forever. Sometimes for me, it's actually odder now when you have your little like retainer in. I hate that fucking shit too because it, it gives me the fucking list. Because <laughs> he has a list. And then, you know, when TJ like, you guys have heard on this show how very, um, you know, pa- passionate TJ can get sometimes when it comes to certain things. So like I've watched him like get passion on like a work call or on the phone or whoever and he's being himself but he really can't get his point across because he's lisping and trying to hold the retainer in so he just kind of like pops it out and then just starts going so i mean it's funny and when anything but thank god we have the means and the coverage and you know the band the ability to like you know this too shall pass and before you know our son gets here he'll see you with like a full set of teeth oh listen i'm so i go back on july 30th to make sure everything is good August 1st, I'm setting that bitch right up. Yeah. Let's get this to fright the fuck in. Yeah. Healthcare is going to come in. And then even with that, I don't even know if my healthcare will cover both teeth. I think you only get two. Th- my mom said that she thinks you only get two. She has something similar to your situation happen um, because she, she growing up, she, her and my aunts and uncles did not have like sufficient dental care. And I spent many, many hours when I was in like middle school or early high school, I think, in like the periodontist office with her getting while she was getting all this gum work and teeth work and stuff and um she was saying like you know as best as she recalls that you get like two your insurance covers like two teeth in like the span of a lifetime and that's it so you might be covered but well, listen yeah. if they don't what's gonna happen is i'm gonna get this front tooth that's the most important one this side tooth this bitch is gonna wait until we get because because open enrollment is coming up for you yes in the fall yep so I'm going to be on your ass because you failed the last time. And I'm going to make sure. And we're going to get that dental exactly again. Went, but okay. What happened? I said that's not exactly how that went, but uh, okay. Okay. If you say so. Uh, there's definitely a, a, a middle ground on that. I don't necessarily agree with that, but whatever. Go ahead. Uh-huh. So, yeah. But the, I'm, I'm glad. Well, I appreciate you sharing your, your honesty with that because it's, you know, it's funny and it's going to pack. But it's also... I mean, yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm, I mean... You're comfortable. You're confident. So I mean, I'm as comfortable as I'm going to be. At the end of the day, I know it's just not forever. People will That's have point, jokes, yeah. you know, all that other stuff. It is what it is. I'm not. I learned who Leon Spinks was in because this, of it. Because yeah. of it. Fuck her. <laughs> Shout out to my brother-in-law. Um, you know, it, it just it just is what it is. But it's like you know, having these moments and kind of talking about it is just kind of like all right. Like mm. it's it's depressing at times because it's just like my whole fucking tooth, like. I know. If I was like 60 years old and like, I right, fuck that, 60 years with that, with that bit, well, 40 years or whenever your grown up teeth come in, like how the fuck do you lose your front tooth? A lot of people do. I get it, but. It happens. The fuck? So. It happens. Well, let's just hope our children have my teeth. That's all. <laughs> that way, listen, they get expensive. 
Tatum, depending on what happens with Tatum, she might need braces because she's got little gaps. So we'll see what happens when her adult teeth come in. Facts. Yeah, her teeth remind me of my sisters a little bit <laughs> when before Shayla got braces. You said it, not I. I understand that she's, and I love my sister dearly, and my sister was beautiful before and after, but I'm just, it's just, uh, there's just the thing. And your mom had a gap, and your mom, like. My mother, yeah, she had a gap in between her front teeth. Not, yeah. Not. Yeah, but they, but what I'm saying is that we have. No, don't remember my mother into this. Is stay with your sister. No, that, and that's fine. I have, there's, and, and I'm not trying to shade anybody, because people's teeth are different and whatever and if we will cross that bridge when we get there but what i was saying i'm only saying that in jest of like i've only had like cavities or whatever here and there but not necessarily like a whole like you know knock on wood because i'm pregnant now so hopefully this baby won't ruin my teeth or anything like that still got a couple of more months to go but again i'm not trying to mock anybody who's had dental work or any type of thing any things like that but as we are saying teeth are expensive so Let's hope that our kids have like the best leg up possible when it comes to that stuff and we can keep it to like routine dental care. Um, but that's it. Um, was that the con- oh, I guess that was kind of for myself. Yeah, you didn't, you I didn't know. go down or up. Or I know, anything. I didn't. I, I was saying like that's it for, for what I had. Yeah, yeah. So, my I'm going up and down. Um, this weekend we were um, very fortunate to be able to take Tatum to um, the National Harbor, which is about 45 minutes from here, from Baltimore, and stay at our ho- a hotel and really just do like a little family fun weekend with her. Um, since we went for our anniversary, did our little staycation in Baltimore, um, Tatum has been saying that she wanted to go to the hotel. She went, you know, she was a little jealous and everything else like that. So um, TJ has to go out of town for work next week. And as a result, he wanted to spend us, us to spend time together. So he very thoughtfully last month booked us a hotel for, at the National Harbor. And we went there. And it was a really, you know, memory-filled and fun-filled weekend for her. But it was also, you know, an, an exhausting weekend in the sense that, um, like TJ kind of touched on, you know, he and I have not necessarily been vibing well um, uh, for the last, mm, I guess, maybe week or so. Um, and it's... and in some ways it came to a head this weekend but then also in the sense of uh just you know the the sticking and moving you know we had to go to the little timeshare meeting then we had you know we got something to eat then you know we went to we went shopping and then we surprised Tatum with the ferris wheel and the carousel and she was on the playground and we're walking around national harbor and you know there's a lot of people out but people were masked up um uh and she was having of course an amazing time but you know i'm also I'm feeling kind of large and slow moving, walking around, and it's probably the most walking I've done in some time now, which was nice, but also tiring. And it was great because it was a beautiful day. It was 78 degrees. I think I swear to God, I think I got a sunburn on my shoulder. Um, And it was a really warm, really perfect, beautiful, sunny day. And it was great for her, but I'd be lying. We were both, everybody was pretty much knocked out, like no later than like 1030 each night because of... Just how, you know, exhausting all of that is. And um, so I guess I'm not necessarily saying it's a it's a down, like a full down or whatever, because ultimately we got what we we got what we wanted out of it, which was making memories and giving Tatum like a, a great experience. We played games, we ate, we all did all of that. And um, that was the, the primary goal. But I definitely have like moments where I'm like, OK, whew, all right, we're going to have to do this. 
with two kids now in the near future. So I'm like, all right, how, what's this going to look like and feel like? But, um, you know, ultimately, more than anything, I'm just glad that she had an amazing time and that we were able to spend some uninterrupted family time together, um, just the three of us. And, um, you know, I can't, I, I do look forward to being able to do that again. And that's all I've got. Um, so... Was that so that was a down and it went up sort of yeah like it just it was exhausting but it was like really uh, still memory filled and like that it that was the positive of it yeah well so, i agree sorry um it's okay I, I you know i was thinking about the negatives and you bring up the positives i didn't even think about the positive of us having memories with tatum and seeing how excited she was about to get on the ferris wheel and just all the other stuff so thank you for allow me to see the positive and you know i started down but i want to go up as well because building those memories with with our daughter and um is important and as a family is important and just you know tatum was just super excited just to be in a hotel she didn't want to leave the hotel and everything she didn't Mm want to go to get breakfast because she wanted to stay in the hotel and Mm -hmm. um stuff like that so you can have it back no, that's that's it. That's exactly it. And that's, you know, what if, you know, if nothing else, our goal as parents is to make sure that we raise a, you know, a, a well-rounded, you know, likable, respectful, happy child and and create memories with, you know, and it's it, sometimes, it, you know, it doesn't have to be a whole lot. It's just little things like a weekend hotel stay and, you know, a Ferris wheel ride, but it meant the world to her. Um so with that being said, we are going to jump right into our relationship tip of the week. Um, my, I'll go first. Um, my relationship tip is to, and this again isn't, this applies to any ship, is as difficult as it may be sometimes, um, do your best to find your balance. Um, it's not easy interpersonal relationships are just not easy in general and especially when you have close relationships with people from romantic to family to friendships and as much as sometimes we there are people in this world who are very even keeled there are people in this world who are you know a bit more one-sided or one end of the spectrum or the other but in both situations we no matter what your personality type you know it usually works in your best interest to find your balance, whatever that might look like, in order to be the best version of yourself, in order to be able to process and, you know, and internalize what's going on in your interactions with others. And then also to, you know, be the person if they that if they deserve it, be the person that your partner or your relative or your friend deserves. Um, if they are, if they are that way with you in return as well. So I think it's just important that we always try to find our balance. Plus that way we can hopefully, you know, with balance sometimes comes stability and with stability comes peace. So that's my relationship tip of the week. So my relationship tip of the week, based off of what's going on in the podcast world, right? That's what we're in. Yeah. Uh, you know, the Joe Buttons podcast broke up with Joe Budden. Let me not be disrespectful because his name is Joe Budden. Uh, 
Joe Button, Maury, uh, uh, Maury, <laughs> Maul and Rory are breaking up. And, you know, you got to hear Joe Button's side first. And, you know, you were like, oh, shit. They're doing all this stuff. He was right. And then Maul and Rory dropped their shit. And you were like, wait. I didn't know about all this other stuff. Three sides to every so, story. Um, I'm going to say my relationship tip is based off of that. When you have relationships, friendships, business ships, whatever type of ships, have those tough conversations. Because mm-hmm. um, that's what I got from it. I got that Rory and Maul was like, this is my guy. He wouldn't do us dirty. Let's just work. Yeah. And that's beautiful until, you know. You're on the receiving end. Yeah, you know. Uh, and again, we all do it as people. We're like, this is my wife. I'm not going to talk about this with her. We're, we're on the same page and you're not on the same page. Yeah. I use that as, as a reference because me and Danny... I thought we were on the same page about children. We weren't on the same page on about children or how many children we wanted. Um, how we raise our children, we're not necessarily on the same page. So, you know, have those tough conversations. It's okay to have tough conversations. Do it respectfully. But I think everyone needs to have the tough conversations when you're dealing with business or stuff like that. It's, it's okay to kind of talk about the what ifs and the maybes and and, and put things in in stone, especially if you're going to like be working as partners or business. I need to talk about that stuff ahead of time, because what always happens is they people are like, we'll talk about it later. And then now it's like you're far in too deep. Yeah. Once you get in too deep, now you have a relationship where it, it has to end because y'all can't even communicate. Can't so. talk to each other. I guess, too, I, to add on to that. And I'll be the first to say, like, I don't. Obviously, I'd be I'm not oblivious to the Joe Budden podcast and Rory and Mal and and their dynamic and hearing what's going on. But like as someone who was like, I didn't keep up with every single thing that Joe Budden has done over the course of his transition to from like just kind of like rapper to podcast, you know, guru or podcast, you know, one percent one percent of the podcast, whatever you want to call it. But from what I'm gathering from like different things I've just kind of observed in my in passing it's like it makes me think too that there's a there's maybe a lesson in here too is like if you see how someone you love or you fuck with or say you fuck with treats other people you might need to be mindful of that because that one day could be how you are treated by them so it kind of lends itself to what you were saying but you know i've just seen a lot of comments and things about like you know joe doesn't take not only say ownership but like he everything's everybody else's fault he doesn't have show like or if he does something wrong he shows no like remorse or sympathy for it or he's got a reason for everything he doesn't like admit that he's wrong and you were able to come up with a tip based off of my tip so you know i won you know I smoked. It you. was more of an in addition to, but okay. I'm just saying. Um, but the, you can have it, yeah. But um, that that just again, I, I I don't know the. I'm gonna say like I don't know all the information or anything like that. But the sentiment that I was picking up from just kind of like drips and drives of everything is like, it makes me at least in life we do need to be mindful of like if you see how somebody talks to or treats or does business with these people and you're like, well, that's them and this is me and I'm their man and I'm that's my guy, that's my girl. It's like, yes, but be mindful. Be mindful because once upon a time, everybody was, you know, they could have been the same way you were. And so, um, you know, I didn't really listen to all of Joe's 
initial res- response or whatever. TJ was listening to it, so I caught some of it. I listened to a little bit more of Rory and Mal, and what it seemed to me is the understanding I had was like, it seemed like, you know, people, they let money is what, you know, the root of all evil. Money got in the way of it. And it was like, on one hand, I think Joe's argument was like, you don't let, you know, why you, you, you guys are paid. I tried to set you up with like your own opportunities. You passed on them, but then uh, you want to know what the books are and stuff like that. But like, kind of like reemphasize like y'all are employees, like y'all don't, you just, you get paid. And then they're like, no, actually, we're, we're, partners. Not, we're partners. And then also they're like, the biggest thing I took from them, which which would, would would explain why they they were interested in what the numbers were, what the revenue was, as opposed to that, is that they were not salaried employees, but in the sense that they just got the same amount every week, every month for, for paying for their work, but their pay was in is commensurate to the uh, as a percentage commensurate to whatever the revenue was for that month, let's say. So if I did, if they did a million dollars in this month and they each and they both got 10 percent. then yeah that's what they get but if they get 10 percent and then they did five million dollars the next month then that number would be different of what they take home and that's why they were asking to see the books and so well i think they were asking for that but i also think when they did see it there was a four hundred thousand dollar discrepancy yeah that's what i keep hearing about that i mean joe button was pretty much like it's only four hundred thousand. that was his his uh demeanor and it's just like if four hundred thousand might feel like twenty bucks to you, but four hundred thousand yeah. is a lot to a lot. There's of people. some people who who never see four hundred thousand dollars in their work lifetime. Exactly, in their whole lifetime. Yeah. So so yeah, I you know it's unfortunate because it's you know the podcasting industry in general is it's such a relationship like it's it's such a relationship based field because you have to have some type of chemistry in order for it to be successful. There has to be some type of dynamic. There has to be something. And, you know, we've seen and heard of, you know, successful podcasts where there's, you know, the friendship starts and stops or like the, the chemistry starts and stops at the at the the play button and at the stop button on on a on a, you know, deck or whatever, an audio deck. But there still needs to be chemistry there. And usually people start these with their friends or their their spouses or their loved ones or whomever. And so I just think that whenever unfortunate. whenever there's business that comes into it, we we have to normalize talking with business. Communication is key. And I think that's the issue. And, and again, let's say if it's not, if you're about to marry somebody, y'all should talk about your do's and your don'ts and all that other stuff. We don't always have these conversations when you're having kids. We don't always have these conversations. Shit. People should have wills. Mm-hmm. People don't always have those conversations because it's like it's morbid and then we could talk about it years later. But no, you kind of need to have those conversations because if something happens to me. Where does this money go? Where does these assets? How, how are we splitting it? That's the thing. We have to normalize having conversations that are tough. And even though you may not want to have it, you got to have it. Absolutely. Period. Well, and I smoked you, so. Okay. You got it. Um, all right, so now let's jump into our, uh, we can do our black history fact and then we can end with TJ's word of the week. So my black history fact is that on this day when you are hearing this, May 17th, um, but in 1954, Brown versus Board of Education is decided by the U.S. Supreme Court. Um, basically, uh, a quick synopsis is that in one of the most significant Supreme Court cases in the history of the U.S., um, a unanimous in a, and in a unanimous decision, the court decided that racial segregation in public schools was unconstitutional. Um, 
And this case overturned Plessy versus Ferguson, which was the decision made in 1896 that allowed state-sponsored segregation related to public education under the concept of separate but equal. So on May 17th, 1954, you have the you know unanimous decision around Brown versus Board of Education, which changed the landscape of, landscape of American education, um, some ways positively and arguably some ways negatively because of the still very much systemic racism that exists in our American education system and that, um, you know, things in Plessy versus Ferguson, things were not, things were separate, but they damn sure weren't equal. And then even when integration of schools happened, the, all of the hatred and vitriol and racism that was still endured by the people who were the pioneers of integrating schools and also still to this day. And even the fact that we're still, you know, you go to certain places in this country, many places in this country, I would argue, and essentially it's back to what it was, which is like these schools are segregated, but that has to to do with redlining. It has to do with funding. It has to do with everything else. So racism is still alive. They just... They don't even really be concealing it no more, honestly. But they didn't have to. Once Donald Trump became president. And he was like, all bets are off. Yeah. Um, but what's your black history fact for this week? My black history fact is that on May 17th, 1875, the first Kentucky Derby winner was an African-American jockey named Oliver Lewis. Uh, that's right on time, too, because Preakness was this weekend. Yeah, so, so I would have never known that the first... Kentucky Derby was won by an African-American. Like, when you start going through these facts and you see how much shit that we were a part of, even though they... It's never celebrated or publicized widely. Like, the first Kentucky Derby... Kentucky. Kentucky. That's what I said. You said Kentucky, because you... You know, it's the, it's the missing tooth. Okay. Kentucky Derby okay. Uh, winner was black. Like, was yeah. an African-American, you know? We don't talk about that. I, first of all, I, I would never known that there was African American jockeys who back were like, then anyway. Yeah, definitely back then. But I'm just saying, whenever we kind of go through facts and you read something like when I found out that Republicans used to be black and they held office, and it's just like even during these racist times, we we still found the way. Like we always find a way to just survive. They hate our magic. So they hate our joy. That's why they try to keep us down. And you can't convince me otherwise. We are magical. And that's why they fucking hate. But um, with that being said, thank you for your uh, tip of... Not tip, excuse me. Your um, black history fact. And now TJ is going to try uh, and stump me with his SAT word of the week. Um, Thus far, these last few episodes, he has been unsuccessful upon our... Actually, I think since upon our return... Uh, to recording. Which one? We have had so many returns. Um, since I was well enough to record, because okay, when just I got pregnant, um, no, I get that. I'm just saying we've had a lot of like stops. So we, I, I mean, just technical know. difficulties. We've had, you know, yeah. listen, it was Mother's Day, and I wanted to enjoy my Mother's Day. I didn't say that. I wasn't saying it to be shady or nothing. I'm just saying. I'm just trying to. I want to know which which one you count. There's been so many, so I'm like, which one? Okay, but you don't think it's shady because even though you attribute most of our pauses and recording on me so that's why it can appear to be shady mm. sometimes you have to read between the lines i'm good at that anyway um but what's My your word of the week word sat word is palindrome hopefully i pronounced that right come you on you did palindrome Oh, see, I had to, I had to like mute my phone because I didn't want. Because you always play noise. videos, yeah. yeah palindrome. Palindrome, yeah. yes. That's a word, doing. phrase, or sequence that reads the same backward as forward. Like kayak. 
in race car or like certain dates or palindromes. Um, so palindrome is P-A-L-I-N-D-R palindrome. Wait, say it again. Palindrome. Palindrome. Drome. Mm. Oh, P-L-A-I-N-D-R-O-M-E. You got it correct. Yes. Thank you. And the streak continues. Um, I wish I could think of a palindrome to help emphasize my uh, winning streak, but I can't at this moment. So I will just bask in the fact that I could spell it right and that I could provide two examples to our listeners. Civic is also another one. Civic is a palindrome. Level. Yes. Mom. Yes. Dad. Dad. Wow. <laughs> yeah, a lot of, a lot of, there's going to be a lot of three-letter words that could be palindromes. I did. Did I? Yes. Any more? Mm. Stick out to you? Wowing you? Okay. Yeah. No. So now what we're going to do is everyone's favorite or least favorite, depending on what's going on, part of our segment is um, our quarrel. So... Um, TJ already touched on it, and uh, like he said, we've been, you know, a little bit on the outs, I guess, lately for a variety of reasons. But um, some of this, I think, has come to a head in in surrounding around um, the way in which we discipline or reprimand Tatum, um, and understanding that we have different approaches and. That has led to some frustrations on both of our parts. Um, And yeah, so I guess, you know, the conversation can be had about, you know, like how do we deal with those differences in approach that we have or, you know, what happens when as parents, like there's certain things that your child does that you take more serious than uh, than your than your the other parent or vice versa or you know how do we deal with when we feel like sometimes the response that our partner is giving our child for whatever they're doing that they argue should not be doing you know isn't like like kind of for lack of a better term like when the punishment doesn't fit the crime type of thing so or that we're being too lenient so um kind of in a nutshell um I think and TJ can correct me if I'm wrong I think in in general the feeling that tj has is that i'm too soft on tatum and then that forces his hand to be too hard i on the other hand feel like i demonstrate more patience with tatum which is why i'm slower to get to my like frustration or boiling point with her and then i do feel like sometimes tj is a bit too abrasive with her sometimes depending on what it is that she's done or um that he sometimes doesn't always understand that while not to say that's okay and she has to be taught right from wrong and she has to taught to be to know better that sometimes these things are going to be age appropriate and they're not going to always be like resolved in one uh instance or something like that so do you feel like i kind of put a bow on like where our general stances are with that sure okay so where do you want to begin? Um, I'll let you take the lead on this one. Okay. Um, 
So you guys know our beloved Tatum and Norwell, and she's just turned four last month. And um, I think, so. you know, I think really what it comes down to is like, TJ and I need to have more conversations, especially when it's when especially when Tatum's not in the middle or ha- having just done something that you know she shouldn't be doing. She wrote on herself, or she write wrote drew on the wall, or she uh, you know is whining or you know having a tantrum or something like that. So because that's sometimes too like not necessarily the best time to do it because re- emotions are running a little bit higher, um, and I. I get like people yell at their kids and they're going to be yelled at. I have yelled at Tatum. I don't. And that, and TJ doesn't yell at Tatum all the time. He yells at her more than I do. But I also, you know, try to give the grace of like, we have different approaches. And while it's not my style, it's, I understand that sometimes you're going to be as a child, you're going to be fussed at. I think sometimes my frustration comes in when he feels when when he feels like I have to do this because no one else will because I have a different approach I'm more like when I when I am fush finally frustrated or when I finally feel like Tatum is doing too much I sometimes I kind of do like more of like I'm gonna be like right on your level and I'll be like didn't I tell you and I do some of that stuff so it's not as obvious or it's not as loud or whatever but it still gets done and also too like I think that um if there is a thing where he feels like I, if, is if there's a thing where you feel like I'm being too lenient, and then as a result you have to go, you feel like you have to go to the more extreme to balance that out. Then I just feel like we need to have a meeting in the middle about like okay, when we have these like kind of at least these common scenarios that we've experienced with her, what do we do to make sure that one person isn't feeling like they're overcompensating for the other because I think that sometimes I feel that way too which is like I gotta be the calmer one or the more chill one because I have to balance out you and I because I, what I don't want for it to happen is I don't want Tatum to start formulating these thoughts about you and I as far as like parenting style when it comes to with when it comes to when she does something she's not supposed to do, which is like, daddy's gonna be f- mad at me, mommy's gonna, or my, and mommy's gonna let me get away with it, or vice, you know, vice versa. So that's that's just kind of where my initial thinking is. I mean, I think I, I think it's different when it's like she does something in front of both of us and she knows she, she knows she's not supposed to do it, but she's gonna do it because there's no consequences. And I think that's that's the difference. I, I, I do think that, you know. Maybe I am overcompensating. Like I said, the way I grew up was I tell you to do something, you do it. Like there, there is no if ands and buts. There is no negotiating. There is no anything else. And I understood that. Like you know, um, one thing my father did that I hated was like he would yell at us, but it was just that that was just it. So I made sure that if I do yell. I explain why I yelled and I have that conversation and Tatum tells me that her feelings were hurt even if she was wrong because that's her thing right now. Anytime someone tells her no or go against what she wants, you hurt her feelings or whatever. And, you know, I, I always hurt her feelings. I'm always a bad guy. So I'll take that, you know, I, I, I but I think for me it's also like I'm the only person who's disciplining her. Everybody else allows Tatum to do whatever because she's four and she's so cute and all this other stuff. And it's like, yeah, that that's cool and all, but 
this starts early. Like bad habits start early. So you correct them early. So that way it's not an issue. And it's not really that she's in trouble. Yeah, daddy raised his voice. But like I've told Tatum and I stick by this, she'll never get in trouble unless she lies. That's my only caveat for you to be in trouble. She can murder somebody and listen, if she tells me the truth, we're going to figure this shit out together. But if you lie to me, it's over for you. Okay. And what I'll say is this is like, I think reprimanding your child looks sometimes can look different depending on who it is or whatever. And I'm more so like people, our, our, our extended family, our, our, our friends, whoever else that loves Tatum down and are going to, of course give her carte blanche or whatever because ultimately she's our child so it's going to be our responsibility to make sure that she is not an asshole she's not out here thinking she can do whatever she wants well it's not but I mean, it's, it's our it's, responsibility but, but when we have people who overstep their boundaries and and you know the grandparents feel like well this is my grandchild no you had your chance to parent so whatever you didn't get to do or however you want to change you should have did it with with your children well, I, I understand that, and but I think that's the thing with grandparents is that they're going. I'm, I'm not excusing it, but what, but you're like, making allowances for it. I'm not. I don't I, care that they're grandparents. No, at I the mean, end of the I, day, I, when a child is with you, they can do whatever they want. But if they're in front of me and they're doing something they're not supposed to do, I'm going to reprimand them. Of course, and I don't care how anybody feels. Of, I'm not. Period. De- I'm not. I'm not debating that we wouldn't correct that behavior if it's well, happening. Well, I will. For- I don't think that you would. So I think that I think that it's more that I don't do it necessarily to the degree that you think is always okay. sufficient. But my thing is like I've had Tatum say I don't like mommy, I hate mommy, mommy's mean, all that stuff like that because I didn't give her what she wanted. Does it always mean that I'm raising my voice? No, but I'm. I thought that you should raise but, your voice in. That's that, that's that you. But if I'm if I'm still giving her consequences, if I've still reprimanded okay. her, if I've still addressed the situation, and she's still doing it. She's still doing it. Yeah, but I mean, technically, she still does stuff with you, even though you yelled at her. Okay. So it's so, just so then, so, and but that's why. So then, either way. But but that's why we have to come. That's why again, like the point of this whole conversation is, I think, is you and I when temp- temperatures are cooler, is to have the conversation about okay, here are the repeat things that we see with her, and what do we want to try our approach if because if the calm quote unquote calm approach. Isn't isn't nipping it in the bud, but also the loud outburst of reprimanding isn't working either. Then what will work? I've put her on timeout. I've you know I've I've take I've confiscated things or whatever. But I also like I respect and understand that like in life, not even just in parenting, I'm a more per- patient person, and that can be a gift and a curse. And you're a more impatient person, and that could be a gift and a curse because sometimes you're going to address things way, way, you know, you're going to address things way more upfront than I would, and and that could be a wonderful thing. But other times it could also be that, you know, sometimes it's not an, uh, some some grace or understanding is not given when it comes to that too because it's like you know, this is what little kids do sometimes, and they're going to test boundaries and they're going to push back and all the stuff like that, and it is important to set boundaries and to reinforce them, but. And it's also like with me, like, yeah, it's great to ha- you have to exhibit lots of patience with children because they are little humans figuring out and testing boundaries and testing the waters of the world because they've only been here a couple of years and they still don't quite understand how everything works. And ultimately, we are her safe space. So if she's going to do anything with anyone, it's going to be her parents because she knows that we love her. She knows that she's cared for and she knows that like ultimately like I'm going to fuck up or I'm going to mess up. And but mommy and daddy still love me and i i 
I don't want you to leave. I don't want you to feel like you're the only one doing it, but I feel like I want, like, I know that there probably is more that I can do, but I think that there's more that you can do. And we have to like meet somewhere in the middle because we are both good parents. We're good parents to Tatum. We will be good parents to this baby boy. And you know, the and we are blessed and fortunate to have so many people around her that love her. And ultimately, yeah, our decisions need to be made between you and I as far as it has that has about how, how how we handle discipline. But it's not going to be solved by like just finger pointing back and forth. That is not going to work because that and because then she's going to and she can observe that and then adopt one or both of our modes of of handling conflict or whatever or dealing with conflict resolution and then that's not going to be helpful either you know there are going to be times where you have to kind of like be assertive but there's also times where you need to exhibit patience i know but the way that you make it seem is like i do this all the time like i'm I'm always yelling or whatever there's been multiple times i've said nothing i just allowed her to do whatever she was going to do and i've talked to her kindly and all all that other stuff so but I, mean, I just want to make sure that that's out there because I hate how I'm always painted to be this monster, this bad parent, this bad guy. I'm not trying to paint you as anything. I didn't say you. I said how I'm painted. But who do you feel like is painting you out to be that way if, you, if you're not talking about me? I'm not saying... I'm saying it's not just you. I'm pretty sure other people have, have used it. I mean... Your family's used it and, you know... To scare Tatum. Oh, you're not listening? Do I go get your father? So it's a problem when TJ does it, but it's not a problem for you to use it to to make me the bad guy. Oh, you're not listening? I'm going to go get your father. So that's okay. No, that is not okay. But it, it's happened multiple times. Okay, well, I've only seen it. I've only, I can only recall one instance of that, but I, okay. that's something we can have that conversation. But... I also feel like, I mean, do you, let me ask you this. Do you feel like you're painting a broad brush joke about me and, and, and the way I, I approach it? Because I'm asking because you're worried about being per se, there's just one side of things. But like, do you feel like there aren't times and places where I have been the more assertive with her or dealt with that? Because I just want to make sure like. I, I didn't say anything about your parenting. I didn't. I'm just saying it because the way that you're speaking now, it sounds like you're saying like you got to be more nicer as if I'm never nice. So I'm just again, it's it's on wax, as they say. And I just want the world to know that I am not this monster that other people may have painted me out to be. So that's all I'm saying. Yeah, I understand that. But I, you know, I did also sit here and just say, like, we're both good parents. OK. And so and so, no, these things aren't all or nothing. Nothing's. nothing is ever all or nothing nothing is never always or never and so we have those moments i've watched you yes i've watched you be you know gentle and patient and kind in 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 those understandings with tatum and then you know i've seen myself lose my patience with tatum too and yell at her and it's just and that's that's the humanity of us of it in both of us but when it comes to when it gets to the point where you and i are at odds over how things are playing out that's when we have to talk about it that's when we have to kind of come to like okay what approach do you want to see from from what approach should we take with this when we're by ourselves when tatum is doing it and when we're together and tatum is doing it because you know i at least i feel as though more time most times 
I try to respect your approach when you're reprimanding Tatum. And even when she comes to me and she's upset or whatever or whatnot, I'll say, daddy did this because you were doing this. You were not listening. And that's why he told you multiple times. And then that's why blah, 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 blah. So it's like, I'm backing you up, even if I'm not being cold with her or I'm not like, I could be comforting her, but I'm also like telling her daddy was right. For, you know, because you were not listening and this is why you need to do better. And this is why you need to go back to daddy when you're ready and apologize. Or this is why you need to, like, you know, I it's not like I just say, oh, come here, baby. It's okay. Daddy's the big bad wolf or anything like that. Like, I, I've never done that. I, I didn't say that. I didn't and, and, and so, I, I and but what I'm saying to you is, I'm not saying that you said it, but I'm just reinforcing the fact that, like, I know that our styles are inherently different because we're inherently different people right i am a more like parenting to the side in life i'm the more patient person sure and you're the more impatient person and that translates into the way we interact with what tatum or and our eventually our children will do however me being having the patience of Job, which you said plenty of times, and you being more impatient than me, at least. I'm not saying you're a flat out impatient person, but having a shorter fuse than I do. That doesn't necessarily like some that at times that does not translate well to how we we discipline because what, what I don't I just don't want you feeling like I'm too lenient and I don't want to I don't want to feel like you're being too hard on her and I don't well, I, I, I mean, don't I I, mean, I do feel like you're you're lenient uh, again you talk about the times that you've reprimanded her but I don't ever remember you reprimanding her personally I, you, you you may talk to her but I don't I don't know a time that you actually I, I I'll take that back there has been times that you've put her on timeout. Or you threaten her with timeout, but I do feel like I'm I'm more of the disciplinarian. So what does it look like to you, like to be a a greater dis a big not and not not greater like better, but like what does the discipline look like to you that you feel like I'm not doing? What disciplining would you like to see? Like more if you of? see her doing the same thing over and over again, like okay, you did it the first time, don't do that. You did it again the second time. You know you're not supposed to do that. Third time. Like, you can't just continue being that she keeps doing the same thing and it's okay. And it's just like, I'm going to talk to her or whatever. No. If you keep on doing the same thing, you're going to keep on getting her on punishment. Like, it, it, it's, it's, it's to me. And again, I'm not a... I'm new at this, so... So am I. But she grew in your body and all this other stuff. So, you know... You, rearing a child... Like, making a baby and rearing a child are two different things. That takes... that That's trial and error. And, this, and that's going to... that. And she's our first. And so, she, you know, unfortunately being the firstborn, which is something that you and I have not experienced because we're both the secondborn, raising the first, like having a firstborn child, there's a lot of trial and error with how things are. And, you know, maybe our son will reap the benefits of the things that we've messed up on with Tatum. Because that's what happens when you, you know better, you do better. Yeah. But... Why are you emotional? Because because I know that we're I know that we're trying. Like that I don't doubt. We're trying and we are doing the best that we can. But I 
I worry about her resenting us or I worry about her. I mean, you can't live your life about these small moments right here. She's going to have a lifetime to resent us. Of course. We can do everything perfect and she's still going to resent us. And I understand it, but that's, but I'm not saying that it's reasonable thinking or I'm not saying that it's rational thinking. I'm just saying that these are sometimes the thoughts that I have because, you know, we, we say it all the time or the people, or I should say we, not we, but like, it's always said, like, you know, we spend our adult years trying to overcome whatever happened to us in our childhood. And now, granted, I know that Tatum and this baby will be in a much better position than even we were. And we didn't have these, like, super traumatic childhoods or anything like that. But in a sense that, like, we go to therapy. Um, um, we we go to couples therapy. We have individual therapists. We talk. We talk about our feelings. We don't. You know, we don't do massive amounts of corporal punishment. We don't, like, you know, children are to be seen and not hurt. Like, we let Tatum, we give Tatum voice and agency and things like that. But, you know, we're still not, we still have to work on things and we still have to bring it in. And, like, we, I think ultimately it boils down to is, like, we need to do a better job, you and I both, of being more of a, a, a team in our approach with her and our and our and it's at least in this area because it's not to say that you and I aren't like a unified front. Other areas, this other stuff, I feel like we we rocking and rolling with. We're cool. Yeah, but, but if how do we become a team if I'm disciplining and you're not? But like, because we have the conversation, but like we we need to talk about we we have to come to an agreement on like okay, when she does this, how many times are we gonna let this happen before we say okay, there's a consequence and. How are we going to like what dis- what does discipline look like to me what versus what discipline look like to you? So you know, I like it does just because and so understanding that like our approaches might be somewhat different, but ultimately like the there need they, there could be like some hard stops on certain things like as far as like consequences or whatever. You do this, you go on timeout. You do this, you have your iPad taken away, or you do this, or you have you know you make a mess. You have to clean it up. You can't have dessert until whatever until you clean up your mess. And like making sure that they're like re- like the consequences fit the 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 action. Know, but, but also there's also like the consequences has been like we've been whipping our asses. No, like I'm not that. saying I'm not I, trying I, to make I, that sound. I, I, I'm, I'm okay. That may not be your intention, but I'm saying the way that you're saying it is like, I mean, before we figured out that we weren't on the same page. I thought we were on the same page. Like, But obviously we're not, and we have to have that conversation about stuff like that. I mean, for me, more than one time doing something, you should be reprimanded. Like, You're a teacher, so how, how many chances does did, did your students get? They get, I mean, honestly, they get more than they probably sometimes deserve. Uh, but right, what I'm I saying is that, that. it's so, like... So you, but, so, you, so you never had a student who did the same thing every single day? I had students that did the same thing all the time, yes. And, and those people did something every single day. What did you do? So you start by talking to them. Then okay. You, start, you then talk to you, them day one, nothing happened. Then you Day might, two. You might, you might, you know, have them... You lose the loss of a privilege or a phone call home or if it ramps up or whatever, then it's like a parent meeting and stuff like that. Yes, those things do escalate. But it's also the understanding of like in like childhood development, like kids, it's a balance, right? There should be consequences. There does need, you do need to be reprimanded. But there's also the level of understanding that like kids are repeat offenders. Like a lot of kids are. Start pledging ass. <laughs>
Tatum getting a cut. Oh my gosh. Well, our organizations are non-hazing organizations, so I'm not familiar with what you're speaking of. I mean, my organization is a non-hazing organization as well. I said our. Yes. Uh, you said mine. So. No, I said our organizations. So, my point being that... That's just something I've seen in school days. So. Yeah, I saw something on Netflix one time, Bernie Sands. Yeah, that was a good movie. Yeah, it was great. So, I... um. Um, I just ultimately, um, I think we need to, I think when we are in a better space, but it's just also too, it's like, we can't project, we can't project onto the other person what we think good reprimanding is. I think we need to come up with like a list of consequences that we need to, it is. I don't think there should be a, this is what reprimand. My thing is just, if a child is doing something that they know that they they should not be doing, there should be a consequence. Absolutely. So that way the child can say, I I won't do this again because I know that if I do this again, this will happen. But it's hard to to, to plan and do that when you are the only, or when you feel like you're the only person doing it. Well, and I can I can respect that, but that's what I'm saying. Like, okay, but I think now we're saying the same thing at this point, which is like we need to say, if she does X, this is what will happen. If she does Y, this is what will happen. Like, we can look and talk about what are the common things that we have issues that we have with her behavior wise, you know. And even though it's age appropriate, and even though it's going to take multiple times, and even though there's going to be new things, she's going to throw us for curveballs because Tatum might realize, okay, I can't get away with writing on myself anymore or writing on my the, the walls anymore so i'm gonna find some new and interesting shit to do because they never said i couldn't do this because that's what kids do but understanding that we're gonna have to like kind of keep coming back to the table as things you know change or whatever and then who knows like the same thing will happen with the baby with with him because we will he will inevitably you know and he could be nothing like tatum he could be just like tatum he could be somewhere in the middle and we're gonna have to come back to the table and figure that out but we just have to be a a united front on what the consequences look like because I think then that way I won't appear to to be too calm or lenient in response to you feeling like you having to be overly, you know, uh, authoritarian in your responses with her sometimes and me sometimes as well. So like we won't feel like we're having to overcompensate for the other parent at, at times. So I think more than anything, and maybe this could, this is the beginning of that conversation. I'm glad we're having it because more, well, I will say from the experience as an educator, the minute you like, and, and I've done it, I've, 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 and I'm saying this as somebody who has not done it and who has been taken to the point that I have done it, where when we let our emotions start to get involved, then we, we lose control and i'm not talking about just yelling and screaming i'm talking about like being feeling like you have to overcompensate and be too loving or be too you know gentle even though she was wrong when but when you have like if you if you cut class you have detention no if answer buts you don't have to raise it's not about raising voices it's not about it's not about arguing back and forth it's not about you know, listening to sob stories or anything else like that. But if the general practice is that this is what happens and this is the consequence, then it is what it is. And it doesn't matter if you're coming to me, if you're coming to the math teacher, if you're coming to the English teacher, it's the same answer all the way around. And I think that's what you and I have to start to do in order to understand it. So she will understand. And ultimately, at some point, he will understand the same thing. You're going to get this. When it comes to certain things, you're going to get the same answer from mommy and daddy. 
And also understanding that there's, you know, every, that there are going to be some things that are black and white, but there are absolutely going to be some things that are shades of gray and we're going to have to take it at case by case basis. And we're going to have to approach it that way. And, you know, and I, that's, that's something I believe strongly. And I feel like, you know, I'm not, I'm not saying I have this wealth of expertise because it's still ultimately, it's still very different in when it's your child versus when it's other people's children. And it, and it's one, it's one kid versus 32 kids. And so that is, but the, the concept is still the same about like having meaningful, you know, norms that people have to adhere to. And then also meaningful consequences where people don't adhere to those norms and having the conversation as to why. Cause one thing I do really agree with and support is like, if making sure like the consequence meets the like infraction, right? Cause like I was looking at something online and they were saying like, if you're, and this is obviously a little bit, if, when Tatum and, and, and the baby would be like older, like able to do with more like chores, like washing dishes, right? And the woman, that, the example that the woman gave was like, if my child has to do the dishes on Tuesday night and they fail to do the dishes and I confiscate their phone, it's a consequence, but it's not, it doesn't correlate with what they didn't, what they didn't do. Whereas if you don't do the dishes on Tuesday night, now you got to do the dishes from Tuesday. We leave all the dishes in there from Tuesday. We add all the dishes from Wednesday. And now you got to do two nights worth of dishes that you see how like that correlates with each other. So that's, that's my thing is just like, I just want to make sure that whatever we do, and this is me just kind of thinking ahead as far as this conversation that you and I are starting to have on the show and we'll hopefully continue after is we just got to make sure that it correlates to the things that she's doing. And then also like, yes, iPad, all timeout, all those things are all, you know, great staples as well. Those are like, or whatever, but we want to make sure that happens. Tatum wrote, I saw that Tatum wrote like drew and pencil here by like near the front door. So what I did, you were at the office that day. What I did was I went and got, I got the Mr. Clean sponge and I made her start scrubbing the wall because you wrote on the wall. Now you have to clean it. And it was mommy, my arms are tired. Mommy, my arm, my arms hurt. This is hard. This thing. I was like, will you do it again? No. Now, granted, it may or may not work, but it, you see how like there was a connection there between what she did and what her consequence was. That's something that I hope for us to, when we have this further conversation further, that we bring into that that part too. Is that something I want to flag and kind of something I want to offer up to any parents that are listening? Because I know that we're like quick to be like electronics and toys and games and stuff like that, but those are all fine too. But maybe that's like a real world thing, right? Like if I don't do the dishes tonight i gotta have double the load of dishes to do tomorrow and it's still gotta I mean, get but done that makes sense i mean at this age you just tell her she can't do what she want to do and she's gonna lose her mind so yeah it's it's, it's that simple i guess but yeah as you said when we have cooler heads we can definitely figure out a better plan well i hope this conversation was helpful for all y'all that are listening Especially, I mean, even if you don't have kids, if you maybe plan to have kids one day, or maybe this is why you don't, don't have. <sighs> no, I'm playing. Having a child is, is is the greatest blessing, but these are the things that you know it, it comes back to. You got to have these tough conversations. You got to be able to know what y'all are going to be doing, what y'all won't do, what's okay, what's not okay, what boundaries need to be set, all of that. You know, um, so. Um. I mean, I feel a little bit better. I feel a little less tense that we kind of discussed it, and I think we, I think we could definitely count this as starting the conversation. It just has to continue. That's all.
there's always, you know, usually this podcast helps us start to move onto the road to, you know, resolution or sometimes it gets new shit popping, but it's always good when us recording brings us to a better, gets us on, kind of sets us to the right path. Do you agree? Yes, I do. I was going to say sure, but then you would have been like, oh, I'm Danielle. Oh. So. Do you think you would have said it because you were trying to be... Funny. Okay. But then you would have been in your feelings, so... Not necessarily. I, I also accept you for the asshole that you can be sometimes. I mean, listen, I'm a monster. You're not, but you... Nobody's 100% a monster. People just sometimes have monstrous ways, but myself included. You see how she just tried to flip that, y'all. I, You're not a monster. You're just monsters ways. We all have them. We just we have different triggers. <clears throat> well, with that, I yield. And this has been yet another episode of Lovers Quarrel, y'all. If you have any thoughts, questions, feedback, make sure you hit us on Instagram at Lovers Quarrel Show on Twitter at Lovers Quarrel Seven, or email us your thoughts at Lovers Quarrel Show at Gmail Thank you as always for listening um, and rocking with us through everything thick and thin. Um, and yeah, as always, I am your girl, Danny. And I'm your guy, TJ. And you know that we fuss. We fight, but, but we, we love. love. Bye. bye. Say bye-bye. Bye-bye. <laughs>